Good morning, and uh, welcome to all those who have come to attend our worship service, and to all those who are out there watching it on live stream. Praise the Lord. What a beautiful morning to be here. Not only outside, but to <coughs> be able to assemble again in the house of the Lord. Please feel free to come here if you'd like to wear a mask and gloves. Please feel free to do that. There is some, you know, use hand sanitizer, however comfortable for you to come in church. <clears throat> We're opening the church in a very controlled manner. So this is our first Sunday to open for worship service only. Uh, we'll take a look at the rest of the Sunday school class, the Wednesday and Sunday night services, and open those up as we think uh, appropriate. <clears throat> but, uh, we're trying to do this in a very controlled manner. There's a lot of churches that do it. A lot of churches that are reopening this morning. I talked to several folks that get into several churches that are opening. Some of the bigger churches are waiting, maybe one or two weeks before they open. And uh, they're trying to figure out how to accommodate their congregation. So they're having multiple services. For example, Church Baptist is going to open on the 10th of May. And they're going to have four services, one on Saturday and two on we felt the Lord's leading to go ahead and open our service this um, So right now there's no children's church, no Sunday school, uh, no nursery. And as a, as a appropriate way of the that. We're going to continue the live stream. Uh, we received a, the device I talked about two weeks ago. We actually got it in the mail on Thursday and CB is working with it to get it set up. Uh, we have, as you might expect, some things, some challenges to work through on it, but it should uh, really improve the sound for the live stream. So we're looking forward to that. And, <coughs> and hopefully by next Sunday we'll have that fully up and working. Um, please continue to tithe, and as we talked about, we have three ways to do that. One is drop it off at the church office. Go online to the church website and submit it electronically. Uh, you can mail it in. And for those of us here today, we are not going to take up an offering uh, in the service during the service. We will see those offering plates back there by the time we just please drop your offering in the floor as you come in and uh, seek your service. Okay. Um, blessed to have today with us Pastor Doug Landers, who uh, was here before. He, if you recall, he was here when the Fingersons came and sang. Uh, so this is the second time to be here, so we're grateful that he was willing to come uh, from Lakeway to uh, give God's word to us this morning. So, uh, what a blessing. <coughs> well, as we go into our worship service this morning, let's sing loud and from our hearts. Those who are watching live stream, sing loud enough so that you wake your neighbors up. Okay? Let them know that you're Christian and that we're worshiping the Lord this morning. So make your home a sanctuary. And praise the Lord. So let's go ahead and go to prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the many, many blessings that we have this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to fellowship in person. And we're grateful, Lord, for the technology we have where we can fellowship online. But, Lord, it is so much better to do it in the house of the Lord and worship together in the Lord, we, uh, we thank you. 
praise you for Pastor Anders. Thank you for giving us church father here today. Church father over him and his wife here singing in another church. We thank you for the safety and protection you've given us in our COVID-19 For that. And we pray, Lord, you'll continue to keep us all safe. We praise you that lots of people this morning, Lord, that haven't had even a new replaced people that will come and worship with us today. Pray for our pastor, uh, Pastor Melvin's uh, foot, Lord, that it will continue to heal. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you'll be there with us as we worship you, Lord, this morning. As we worship you in spirit and
staff at Parkview Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. I've been working with teenagers there. I've been there 20 years working with teenagers. I started when I was 12. And uh, it's amazing uh, what you learn working with young people. It's amazing how they drive you crazy. It's amazing what a blessing they can be. And uh, you understand uh, that God makes strange creations in His world. And a lot of them are from the age of 13 to 19. Uh, <laughs> I have found that out uh, from the experience. But again, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to come with you this morning and to open up and share God's Word with us this morning. It's good to see live faces. Uh, we're starting our services the Sunday after Mother's Day. We're going to go live again and we'll just chat on Sunday morning. And so it's kind of hard preaching to just our staff and just to talk to our staff. If you've seen us, None of us are pretty, right? It, it, we're a rough group to look at, but it's nice to see real living people out there and not having to put pictures of people in the seats. It seems like we are uh, talking to somebody. But uh, again, thank you so much for this opportunity of being able to be here. If you have your Bibles, if you'll get those out, and boy, how many are glad for the Word of God? How many are glad that He has not left us comfortless, that He has given us not only His greatest love letter, He's given us a guidebook, He's given us an instructional manual. God has been so good to us, never to leave us nor to forsake us. One of the most important things that God has given to us outside of His only begotten Son is that of the Word of God to each and every one of us. I'm telling you right now, our country is in a shambles as of this point. And what we need in our nation, obviously, is we need God to be back where He needs to be upon the throne. We need to acknowledge Him as the one true Holy God. And if there is none other besides Him, we need to recognize God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to get prayer back in schools. We need to get prayer back in church. We need to get born-again believers with a boldness and a courage to stand up and proclaim that Jesus Christ still is the one true living Son of God and that we serve a risen Savior today. And uh, let me share something with you. If you and I live uh, crammed up, if we go throughout our week and we're silent with what God has done for us, then we're not going to impact this lost and dying world. I'm going to be sure with you. I know we're awful close to Austin down this way. Some of you are going to boo me, and you're not going to like me. What I'm about to tell you is this, but I am a true born and, I believe, Oklahoma singer. I know, I know. And hold on, before any of you do this, put the devil horns down and don't devil worship anybody, okay? Uh, I, but and here's the thing. I'm an Oklahoma singer fan. I pray for all the rest of you, okay, that are not. And uh, no, but... Anyway, you know, and, and I love, if you go to my office up in, up in Waco, Texas, if you go into my office right there in the midst of Baylor Nation, all right, and I'm just going to be careful with you, Baylor fans, if you're a Baylor fan here, don't talk trash to me until you actually win a national championship, then come see me, all right? But anyway, I've got Oklahoma Center stuff all in my office. Uh, people walk in, I mean, I've had people talk all kinds of stuff to me, but I love Oklahoma Center football, and people know that. I wear the hat, and I've got the shirts, I've got the stuff on my walls, I've got stuff in my truck, it's Oklahoma Center stuff everywhere. People can tell you, what's one of the things that brother does at the church, and they'll say he's a Sooner fan. You know what, the world I'll be able to say that about you and I in the matter of us knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. God does not need any secret service system. He doesn't need us to be undercover, he needs us to be out, to be bold, and to be brash in what we believe and what we know. You know, the situation that we see our nation in right now is like nothing that we've ever seen before with this COVID-19. Uh, locking things down, people running around, panicking, uh, uncertain of what the future holds. Let me share something with you. You and I 
can comfort those that are uncertain about the future because we know who holds the future. And we need to let them know these things today. And I want to share a thought with you this morning. And this thought is this. What does it mean to praise Jesus? You know, a lot of times we come into church services on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, and what we'll do is we'll say, we're going to have a praise and worship time, and then we'll have the speaking time. And it is just an amazing time to have praise and worship. And for a believer in Jesus Christ, that ought to be a time that you don't worry about who's around you. And, and I believe that God loves to hear the praises of His people. I believe God loves to hear you and I sing. Even those of us that can't carry a tune in a bucket, God loves to hear you and I sing. I believe God loves for you and I to recognize Him by lifting our hands, by acknowledging that we are surrendering ourselves to Him and to His authority. See, and let me share something with you. It's wonderful to come and praise our Lord. But listen, if all the time we praise Him is just Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, then we're missing out the true responsibility to praise Him outside of His walls. And let me share something with you. God did not tell you and I that we're to praise Him and we're to praise Christ only in the good times. We're to praise Him in the bad times. We're to praise Him in the uncertain times. We're to praise Him in the times when we don't understand why God is allowing the things He's allowing. He just simply says this, You touch me that I love you and I care for you and I've got what's best for you. And listen, a lost and dying world that sits outside these walls right now needs to know that we serve a living Savior. They need to know about this one that we call Jesus, who is our Christ, who is the Savior of this world. Let me ask you this this morning. How is your praise personally this morning? If you have your Bible, put a song, if you would, with me this morning. I've got several verses, and I do apologize. Uh, if you want these verses, I can give them to you afterwards. I did not bring the slides with all the scriptures. Uh, but I will read them, and if you want them, I can give them to you afterwards. But I apologize for not bringing that and having it on the screen behind me uh, for you this morning. But Psalms, I want to show you what the Bible talks about this morning. In the Bible, we see three different ways the word praise is used. There's three different ways the word praise is used in the Bible. And I want you to go first, and I want you to look at Psalms chapter 18. Psalms chapter 18 and verse number 3. David who is one of the greatest examples in the Bible that we have on how to praise God. David, you'll go and see, there are times he's praising God when he's on the mountaintop. But David also taught us how to praise God when things weren't going well. And taught us that we're to still praise Him at all times. Psalm 18, this is what verse number 3 says. David speaking here, he says this, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. David said, I'm going to praise him. Why? Because he's worthy of my praise. Let me ask you this this morning, Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. Is he worthy of your praise today? Did he not come and die for mine and your sins? Did he not raise again and now sit to the right hand of God the Father? Does he not say that he'll never leave you nor forsake you? As he say that he meets every need that you have every single day, that he walks with you and talks with you all along the way? Does he not tell us that? Listen to me. If you don't do anything else, he is absolutely worthy of minding your praise this morning. He's not just worthy of our praise on Sunday morning from the time of about 1045 to about 1145. He's worthy of our praise 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, unstopping. Why? Because he is that great of a Lord to you and I today. David says this, uh, look if you would to Psalms chapter 96. Just a few uh, chapters back. Psalms chapter 96. And we'll look here at verse number 4. Psalms 96 and verse 4. Now this is the first definition of praise that we see in the Bible. Again, 
Again, you see there that David said, I will praise him because he's worthy to be praised. Psalms 96, verse number 4. Listen to what the psalmist says here. He says, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Again, let me share with you. You can turn there and you can just listen. Psalms 113, a few pages back. Psalms 13, let me read verses 1 through verses number 3 for you. He says this, Praise you, the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. Yes, the Lord's name is to be praised. The first praise that we see, definition of praise that we see in the Bible, we see in these three verses, or these six verses that we read right here this morning. And what is that? The word praise in all three of these verses that we have looked at today means this. It means to, to be clear, to make a show, to boast, or to celebrate one who is worthy of praise. Well, let me ask you, again, I asked you this a few moments ago. Is he worthy to be praised this morning? Without a shadow of a doubt, he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be celebrated, is he not, today? I thank God. I had the privilege uh, two years ago to go to Israel for the very first time. And then when we got to Israel, we got to see a whole lot of things. We walked through, we went to the Valley of Elah, we went to the, uh, where the Valley of Armageddon is going to be, and where David fought Goliath at the Valley of Elah. We went to Jacob's Well, and we got to go see all these things. And man, you just, you're just overwhelmed by seeing all these things. But I'm going to tell you what overwhelmed me more than anything is when I went to a garden that they call Gethsemane. And when I walked to a place that they call the place of the skull, Galgotha, and I'm able to look, and even in the stones, you can see, if you stand far enough back, it looks like an actual skull there. But then I got to go to a garden, and I got to go to a tomb. And I got to wait in line, and man, I was as giddy as I could absolutely be. There were people in front of me, and I'm thinking, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, I want to get in there. And my wife didn't get to go with me, and that's the only thing that I hated about that. But as I walked into that tomb, listen to me, I can not only share what I read in the Bible to know it's true, but I can testify to you the truth that as I walk in that tomb, it's empty. There ain't nobody there. He is rich. He is worthy to be celebrated. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy for you and I on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. As he said in the psalm here, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun, you and I that are born again, that are true believers in Jesus Christ, and we know we're safe, we, he is worthy of us to continually praise him to celebrate Him, to lift Him up, to love Him, and to serve Him. That's the first definition that we see of praise. What's the second definition that we see? Go with me, if you would, to 1 Peter, chapter number 2. In our New Testament, toward the back, 1 Peter, chapter number 3. And I want to look here, and we'll look at verse number 9. 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse number 9. The definition of praise that we're going to see here is this. It's an excellent virtue. It's His goodness. It's His holiness. It's what it's talking about when it talks about praise. His excellence and His virtue or His characteristics are worthy of praise. Who He is. You know, He's a worthy Savior. Let me say something with you. In just a few moments, I'm going to share He's so much more than just our Savior. You listen, if He was just our Savior alone, that is enough for you and I to praise Him to from the end. So let me share something. And we're going to get in the Bible soon in a few moments. He's so much more than just our Savior. He is absolutely worthy of our praise. The second word of praise that we're going to see here is in 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse number 9. A very familiar verse here. 
It says this, it says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The Bible says that we should show our praises. We ought to show his excellence and his virtue and who he is. We ought to go out into this world. And let me say something with you. One of the greatest testimonies that you can have as a believer in Jesus Christ is when things go wrong in your life, but still be able to, to muster up a smile and a song in your heart because you understand that you see the one true holy God you and I serve. And let me share something with you. I, was, I forget who I was sharing it with this morning. One of the greatest things that I love as a believer in Jesus Christ is seeing another believer going through a tragedy, going through going through a valley, going through something, but yet they can still smile and have a song in their heart because they understand and are able to praise Him because of His virtues. Because He's never led us. And I'm going to promise you this. In just the four short, uh, uh, excuse me, the few short years that I've been saved, do you know what, brothers? He has never let me down one time. One promise, every promise He's given me in this Word, you listen to me, He's kept every promise to me. He's never left me. You know what? He raises the sun up on me every single day. He brings the moon up on me on every night. I have never, as David said, he said, I've never seen his seed begging bread. I've never gone I've never gone to bed hungry. I praise God, I got a roof over my head. I've got a wife who loves me, but more importantly, she loves God first. That way she can love me correctly. And I love God first, that way I can love her correctly. I've got two boys that are healthy, and I'm healthy. I've got a vehicle. I've got clothes. I live in a home. I've got the freedom of living in America. You ask me, let me tell you, I'll tell you this today. Has he been good to me? Yes, his virtues are tremendous to me today. And I deserve to praise him for how good he has been to me today. The Bible tells us there in verses number 9 of 1 Peter 2, listen to what he says. This ought, to, this ought to at least get a holy grunt out of some of us in here. All right, if you're truly saved, listen to what he says here. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Hey, baby, look at here. I know I'm not much to look at. I know I'm hiccupied. I know I've got a country accent about me. But listen, I am royalty. It ain't because of who my daddy is or who my grandfather is. It's because of who my Savior is. Listen to me today. I stand before you uneducated, not the smartest guy in the room, not the best-looking guy, not the most athletic, and not the one that has the most money. But I stand before you, a child of the king, baby. And it ain't nothing what I've done, it's what he did for me. Because let me share something inside this right here, there's nothing good. I'm just a sinner saved by the amazing grace of an amazing God of a Jesus who loved me and a Christ who died for me. And I want to praise him from here to eternity end because of how good he's been to me. What's the third definition that we see of praise in the Bible? Look, go back to Acts chapter number 3. Acts chapter number 3. This is the story in Acts chapter number 3. Verses number 8 and 9. Peter and John are going through, and this is where they heal the lame man. Remember that lame man would be brought. He would lay there at the gate, and people would pass him. And boy, he'd ask for alms. And Peter and then Peter and John came and they said, Hey, we don't have anything to give you. But what is what we can give you is this. We can give you back. We can heal you in the name of Jesus. Look at verse number 8. After he was healed, verse 8 says this about this man. And he leaping up, stood and walked and entered within the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. The word praise here where it talks about he was praising God. 
about this story of the testimony. I'm going to tell you why I'm going to praise him today, sir. I'm going to praise him because of my testimony. What is my testimony? I was a sinner on my way to hell. Let me what my testimony was to I was saved. Let me tell you where I was saved at. In Jacksonville, Florida, West Jacksonville, it wasn't only Baptist Church, but now it's West Jacksonville Baptist Church. You know where I was saved? Remember, I told you a few moments ago, I was only going to save a few years. I was saved as a youth pastor. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how when you're raised in church your whole entire life, you've been taught how to do things, you've been taught how to sing a song, you've been taught how to memorize John 3, 16, and the book of the Bible and all the scriptures. It's one thing to have a head knowledge, it's a whole different thing to have a heart knowledge. But here he is. I can remember sitting on the front row, and I'm sitting there, been there a year and a half, working with the quartet came in and man stood up and began to give a testimony. He began to give a testimony. My heart got to beat out of my chest and I knew that if I was to take my last breath sitting in that pew, I would have still had wide open. And I'm talking about, you're talking about a young man that had, that had a bus route for many, many years. I taught Sunday school classes. I've gone door knocking. I've done everything that I've been taught to do. And I thought I could do it on my own. Except for a man, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what happened. Just sat on that road, my wife sat by the that I've been ministering to sitting all around me. My heart about to beat out of my absolute chest. The devil sitting there telling me this, saying, hey, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay, don't do it, don't do it, you're okay. I got up and I walked down to my pastor, my social pastor, I took him by the hand, Brother Kelly, and I told him, I said, Brother Kelly, I'm sorry. He said, sorry, what did you do? The last thing you ever want to do as a pastor is you youth pastor thinking you're sorry, I'm sorry. And I keep thinking, man, what's this guy just doing? I said, I'm sorry, I said, I have to apologize to you. He said, it's wrong, I said, I'm sorry. And he kind of looked at me for a minute, and he said, well, the good thing is that you need that thing. Went to a little room back behind the fire loft. There was a woman who was ever in Jacksonville, Florida. That accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to praise him today because he gave me good opportunity. I want to praise him today because I can remember back in my life, even as a young person, as a teenager, I remember falling asleep at the wheel of my car going home one night to my girlfriend's house, rolling my truck and rocking it around the pool. And the thought went to my head that if I had died, and I was teaching a Sunday school class, mind you, and running a truck route at that time, if I'd have died that night, I'd have still had one open. And I promise you this, they would have lied at my funeral. They would have took a toll against me so that I was in heaven with Jesus and Lord. See, we don't get to heaven through works. We get to heaven through what Jesus did for us. I want you to listen to this. I'm going to go through these quickly. Again, if you want these verses, I'll give them to you at the end. But I want to tell you what the Bible calls him. What does the Bible say about him? The Bible calls him in Revelation 1 and verse 8, Revelation 1 and verse 11, Revelation 21 verse 6, and Revelation 22 13. Here's what the Bible calls him. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. There was no one before him, and he's going to be at the very end of all the shooting match. He's going to be there. I praise God that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the Bible calls Him. The Bible calls Him in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, the author and finisher of our faith. I thank God that He is the author of my life. The author and the finisher of our faith is what Hebrews 12, verse 2 calls Him. John chapter 6, verses 35 and verse 48 calls Him the bread of life. Romans chapter 11, verse 26 calls Him the great deliverer. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14, calls him our great high priest. Acts 3, verse number 14, calls him the Holy One. Isaiah 7, 14, calls him Emmanuel. John 1, 29, calls him the Lamb of God. John 9, 5, calls him the light of the world. And let me ask you something. And you and I want to question whether or not he's worthy of our praise. He's the light of the world. He's the deliverer. He's the bread of God. He is the great Messiah. He is that Holy One. He is Emmanuel. There is none in the world like Him. And how is it that you and I, sometimes in our Christian life, can so clam up when we get out into the world and when we're at school or when we're at work and we don't want to tell a lost and dying world or a co-worker or a family member or a neighbor about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Something's not right when we want to come in here and praise Him and hold our hands up and everything else. But when we get outside these walls, we don't want to mention His name. Something's not right in that church. You and I ought to be able to come today and we ought to want to thank Him and praise Him for who He is. I can tell some of you, man, it's like my old pastor just said. He said, some of you, and this looks like it's going over like a, like a pregnant pole vaulting. All right? But here's the other thing he says is this. He says this. His testimony, listen to what his testimony speaks of in that. The testimony of Jesus calls him merciful, compassionate. Boy, aren't you glad he's a merciful Savior today? Boy, you just stop and think his word out of place. How many times has he extended his mercy to you and I when we've gone away from him? Boy, it reminds you of that story of the prodigal son, does it not? What a beautiful picture that's painted there. When that prodigal son leaves home and leaves his dad and goes into the world to enjoy the things and the pleasures of the world, ends up in a pig pen, was kind of hesitant about coming back. And he comes back and his clothes are all dingy and grungy and he's all broken and he's walking back with his head probably hung down, looking at the ground, unworthy, thinking, man, how's my father going to be at? And the Bible says that when the father saw him, the father ran to him and he compassion on him and embraced him and hugged him and said, my son who is lost is now found. Aren't you glad today that he's a merciful Savior? Man, aren't you glad today that he doesn't give up on you and I? Aren't you glad that when you and I do fall, when we do make mistakes, He's there to pick us up and to show us that great and wonderful mercy and compassion. His testimony speaks of Him as merciful and compassion, but it speaks of Him as faithful and trustworthy. Well, thank God He is faithful for mine and your praise. And His testimony speaks of Him as holy and as perfect, glorious and mighty, justified, exalted, risen, and absolutely glorified. Man, what a Savior that we serve today, do we not? Man, when, when you and I as a believer hear the name of Jesus, when we sing the songs of Zion, when we think of what He's done for us, it ought to put a smile on your face and a song at your heart. Listen to me. There shouldn't anything be able to take that away from you. And they will stand up and say, Man, Lord, You are good. You are holy. You are just. You are right. You are absolutely worthy. Next thing I want you to see is this. Think about this. For mine and your sin nature, let's see who he was. The Bible says, for mine and your sin nature, he was this. He was obedient and determined. You say, yeah, but he was God in the flesh. He knew what he had to do. Yes, but he's very much man. The Bible says, remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he prays, big drops of blood, the grief coming down, and he says, Lord, at this cup, if you would allow this to pass, but not my will, but thy will be done. Why thank God he was obedient in the world? I told you I went to Israel. One of the places I went to Israel, and I absolutely lost the most. They took us under a, a tower, and when you're sitting down on the floor, 
and there were big, it was a dun, uh, very dingy dungeon type of place, and big square blocks. And our guide let us sit down, and he, he began to tell us, and he said, you know where you're sitting at? No, he didn't want to hold us. He said, we don't know where we're at. Well, we hope you know where we're at. Did not win trouble. And he said, but he said, you're sitting at the place where they searched you. He said, you're sitting in the place where the blood of your Savior is shed. So they beat him. They mocked him. And they searched him. And at that point, I lost it. I sat back by myself, and I just sat there and thought, how did you do that? God does want His to do it to you. Thank God, the Bible says it's about Him. For for our sin, He was obedient. He was despised. He was rejected. He was betrayed. He was reviled, scourged, mocked, wounded, bruised, smitten, forsaken, and crucified. I wonder how many of us. It's just one of those things. They, they, they despise me. They, they, they don't call me. They don't check on me. They don't like me. They say something about me. And then we're going to sit on God for that. The Bible says what He wants to do is high. It's a matter of our sin nature and characteristics that we see. Let me give this to you real quickly. Hopefully, this is a blessing for you. Let me give you three things as well. The Bible says He was a shepherd. But the three verses, I hope you'll write these down. I want to show you in this matter of our sin nature how good and how true He was to us. The Bible says this in John chapter 10, verse number 11. The Bible calls him, listen to this, the good shepherd. John chapter 10. If you have your Bible, you just need to go there. John chapter number 10. I want to look at verse number 11. John 10, verse 11. I want you to see what the Word of God here calls him. John 10, 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd, shepherd giveth his life for the that word good and good shepherd means yes, beautiful and valuable. Realize this, Jesus was the only one that would be good enough and like the holy God to die for the enemy's sins. He was Jesus, he was the good shepherd. He was the only one that could sacrifice our sins to the holy God. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd again. And in this verse, verse number 11, he says, Give us his life and the truth. The second shepherd that we see in this matter of our sin is this. The Bible says he's the great shepherd. That word great shepherd means this. It means strong and mighty. The great shepherd, strong and mighty, was the one that defeated death, hell, and the grave. Man, this is good here. He's the good shepherd in that he laid down his life for us. He's the great shepherd in that he rose over victory, over death, hell, and the grave. But then the third thing is this. He's called, that's in Hebrews 13 20. The last one is, he's called the chief shepherd in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 4. And what does this mean? It means the beginning, the corner, the ruler, listen to me, that shall appear again. I'm looking forward to my Lord and my Savior coming in this morning. I believe the rapture is not far away. I'm ready for that trumpet to sound, and I'm ready, baby. There's one thing I want to fly. And man, I want to be there. I want to see Jesus. I want to fixate my eyes on Him and hang on to His feet and just love on Him and love on Him and love on Him until it never ever stops. He is the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the truth.
the last thing we're going to read for you who is the human alphabet. Last thing Who is in the human alphabet? The Bible says in First Timothy one one, look at this. See that page. First Timothy, I want you to listen to First Timothy, I'll read it to you. First Timothy one one, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me, which is our hope. Today, you know who he is to you and I are believers? He is our hope. He is our expectation. He is our confidence. COVID-19 doesn't bother me. I shake hands. It doesn't bother me in this room. I'm not afraid to get within six feet of it. All right? Now, if you don't want to be within six feet of me, I respect that. I don't worry. You want to know why? Because he's my hope. He's my expectation. If I do die and I do leave this world, I'm going to heaven. Threaten me with that. See how much that fears me. You know what I'm saying? He is my hope. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 14. Listen to what this verse says. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He is our quietness and our rest. Aren't you glad today that he is your peace? Some of the greatest times as a child of God that you'll have is when you can find that place where you just get alone with you. Say the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. He's our helper to give us aid, to give us assistance, to give us relief. John 17, verse number 12. It says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that gave us me, I, me I, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. John 17, 12 says, He's the keeper, He's our guard, keeping an eye on you and I and those that are saved. Luke 9, chapter number 11. It says, And the people, when they knew it, followed him. And he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. Luke 9 11 says, He's our healer. He's that one that will cure us and will make us whole. Listen to John 13 15. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done. John 13 15 says, He's our example. He's that a pattern. He's that exhibit for imitation that you and I ought to live. We ought to live like Christ. People, when they see us, shouldn't see us. They should see our Savior through us, through our conversation, how we respond to them, the love that we have, the service that we want to do for them. Understand me, that we're going to put them first before ourselves. He is our example. John 13, 13, it says this, if you look there, you call me Master and Lord, you say, well, for so am I. He is our Master. He is our instructor and our teacher. Listen to me. You and I will never grow as a believer in Jesus Christ, if we don't get to the Word, we do it. If all you have is a believer in Christ, and your spiritual walk is what you do on Sunday morning from up in this pulpit, you are an anemic, anemic, and weak, weak Christian. Jesus said, if you get the Word of God, if you read, He said, I will instruct you, and I will teach you. The Holy Spirit's been given to you and I to lead us and to guide us into all knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then listen to Luke 2, verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Lastly, he's our Savior, which means he's our Lord. From that sin bondage that you and I are in, that we are no longer in bondage to sin. The Bible goes as far to say that we are victors through Christ. We are overcomers through Christ. 
I'm going to ask you today. How many of you would be bold enough? Let me, let me see that here. If we're not bold enough to step out in church and fall upon our faith and faith, then I promise you this, we're not doing it outside this law. The easiest place for a believer to praise Him is with other believers. And if you and I can't get a holy grunt and move in a service like this, I promise you, we get in a lost and dying world, we won't. So I'm going to ask the brothers to sing, and I'm going to ask Brother Hannah, and I'm going to leave it to you and ask you this. How is your personal praise? Would you come this morning? Altars are open. Just fall before Him and love on Him. Just praise Him. Would you do that? I'm going to ask you just to stand to your feet. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. Again, you can stay there in your seat. I understand the social distancing. But how many of us would be willing to come and fall before Him?